HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. And my name is Southern Teague. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Doing pretty good, man. How about you? I'm really well. I'm happy to see you. It's I, yeah, man. Likewise. Yeah, man. We got a we got a full studio today. We got a bunch of books on the table. Got a bag full of booze. Ba- <laughs> it's a bag of martinis. Man, a bag of flasks of martinis on ice. Just had some pizza. Yeah, man. It's sunny day. Living it up. This is this is life in Brooklyn. You don't have to work on your book anymore. Done. 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 I know I've been. Thank you. I know I've been uh, uh, saying that it was close. It was close. It was close. Well, last Wednesday. Turned in the last of copy. Actually, while I was on the show, Jeff, my editor, texted me last Wednesday to say I needed to turn in another 250 words about something. Due to the layout, they had to change something, so it was a big hole. And then uh, I did that on the train on the way to work, and he said, okay, this is pretty much it. If, if I, on your if, phone. If you don't, yeah, on the phone. Of course. Uh, the whole thing. He goes, if you don't hear from me tomorrow, which was last Thursday, then, it's, then it's, off to the, it's off to the printer. There's nothing we can do now. Phil Duff told me, you, don't, you never finish a book, you just abandon it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally abandoned my book. So you uh, you just on the fly like on on the train. See this one, you know what? Why do we uh, why do we give authors such high praise? I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> I just winged it. That was, a pot, that was just pot shooting. The whole thing on your iPhone, amazing. Yeah. I wrote about uh, yeah the whole the whole book is on the uh, was written on my iPhone. But it but, seems like the kind of thing that Apple would like send you a laptop for your next book. Or or the new phone. I'll or, take the new phone. Yeah, no, <laughs> but then this, they, I'm they, on the iPhone seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Send me the new fancy ten. Yeah, the one that you can open with your face. Yeah, you could just like, kind of like talk at it and it'll just dictate. Uh, I tell you know, I tried to do some of that with with mine towards the end, but it, your your phone doesn't do dictation really well till you do it a lot. Yeah, it doesn't learn your patterns and your speech and all that stuff. So I, I never got into it far enough to make it easy. It was easier to just type. Well, knowing you, it would take a lot longer than the normal person for your phone to catch up with you. Honestly, I would pause every now and again if I couldn't spell a word, and I'll just say the word, and so Siri, the Siri or whatever would spell it right for me. That's amazing. That's, that's the most I ever used it for. Well, <laughs> what do you? So, what have you been up to this week? 
dude, it's been crazy. This was like a wild, wild weekend. Yeah. It was, it was a hard uh, weekend. Cinco de Mayo, Kentucky Derby. Your anniversary. But you didn't really cele- celebrate your anniversary, right? You're, you're making a special day for that. Uh, I celebrated my parents' 40th anniversary. Holy smoke. Which was Saturday as well. Um, and then uh, it was also Grand Army's three-year anniversary. But we're having that party on Monday, this coming Monday at Grand Army. Martini five. Monday birthday party. It's going to be everything. I'm off work, and I don't have a book in my way. I'll be there. All right, cool. Like this, I kind of went nuts this week. Yeah. The book out of the way, I'm, I've been like, oh my god, I can go do stuff. Yeah, and like, then you I were went judging... to a fancy dinner as a congratulations to myself. Oh yeah, nice. Where'd you Le, go? Le Cuckoo. Ah, real fancy. Very nice. Um, did you uh, have a good time on Monday at the Claren? That was a blast, and you were there in, in the uh-huh. audience, uh, uh, rooting on your boy Kevin, who did really well. He won bartender choice. He won public choice. He just didn't win the fucking competition, which has <laughs> got to be a total letdown for him. Hey, man, not bad for your first competition. Exactly. He crushed it, man. He made uh, he, he made my favorite drink of the day, in fact. Uh, I was one of the judges, uh, and uh, you know I, I, we were supposed to rate things on a one to five scale, and I actually I wrote six and circled to six. <laughs> I was like, this uh-huh. guy, this is the best drink of the day. Best hey, in cool. show, I wrote. Nice. Um, but then our, our good friend, friend of the show, Sarah Morrissey from Frenchette won. Sarah Morrissey took uh, the prize. Yeah, so she's going to be going to Haiti and hanging out, drinking enough clear until she doesn't like it anymore. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, out in the middle of nowhere, very rural. you got to go through you know miles and miles of rocky roads to get there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did that. I went to Le Cuckoo. I uh, went out with my buddy Todd last night and probably drank too much. We went to mm-hmm. a bunch of places. Uh, we went to... Uh, Rockerola, I know you like that place. Yeah, drank out of the big schooners. Reminded me of being in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Then we hit, <laughs> then we hit extra fancy. Then Walter Foods. Oh, so you just did the whole Williamsburg. I was trying thing. to hang out in Williamsburg for yeah, once. Man. I never get to get over there anymore, uh, and I never get to see him. He's my best friend. Anyhow, well, think, well hey, actually, speaking of your book, um, yeah, what I can't wait timing? to see it. Like we booked this a long time ago, but what's yeah. the timing? Yeah, so it's awesome that our guest today actually is the photographer for your book. I'm just here for the drinks. I'm just here for the drinks. Eric Metzger. Eric Metzger. Welcome, Welcome to the, the studio, show. buddy. Hello. Thanks for having me. Happy, happy <coughs> to see you again and yeah, again man. and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> We've become fast friends since uh, October, I guess, was our first photo session, right? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, uh, we spent, uh, what was it, about eight days, nine days all together on the book? Sure. Yeah. Long ass days yeah, of good. just making drinks and pouring most of them down the drain, <laughs> which is a, it's harsh. That's a harsh reality of of cocktail photography yeah you just can't uh drink all the all the shoots that you do well yeah you, we would i recall we would sort of start maybe taking nips of the ones later in the day when we know we were done yeah one but, o'clock rolls around but the early part it was like okay well this is just a beautiful drink of garbage it's going down the sink well okay so but I, you have this weird like reservation about it by the way you, by the end and i've noticed you even post some on your instagram by the by the end of a long shoot you have all these drinks sitting there just dying yeah because you're like I don't really want to just throw it away. Sure, the great. So it just sits there for a long time. time. And then then you're like, okay, now I have to throw it away. And then all your glassware is dirty. All the glassware is dirty all at once, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, that brings up an interesting question. Uh, Like, I know that I've done a lot of my own styling for a bunch of different shoots. And I, a lot of times you, you absolutely, if you're trying to nail it, like, if it's something with like Campari in it, you kind of have to use Campari unless you want to use like Crimson Dye E120 or whatever the hell it is. Weirdly, it's harder, I think, to fake it than to just make it. Yeah. Well, sometimes though, I mean, especially if it's on, I mean, if it's in like a tiki mug or like sure. a mule mug or something like that that's opaque, I mean, you don't even have to put liquid in there. You just like fill it up with crushed ice and garnish the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure that the, the ceramic or the metal's frosty and then you're done. I mean, sorry, I'm not trying to take, take any of the mystery out of the... Uh, well, we didn't do any real. 
we didn't do any real styling on the book. We made real drinks. Right. There's right. there's one particular thing I can think of that we fucked with, and that was Which the was that? hot drink. Remember? Oh, that buffalo. Because we couldn't buffalo. No, no, the oh, okay. the blue lizard. No, because we couldn't get it hot enough in the little teacup that it was in to have enough steam coming up behind oh, it. Oh, sure. So it was sitting towards the edge of the bar, so I just built a little platform behind it and put a <laughs> pot of boiling water. <laughs> so it's just steam coming up from yeah. behind it. But it, oh, looks, yeah, man. it looks beautiful. Yeah, I mean, there's some things that you can fake along the way. I, you should certainly shouldn't use water in terms of if you're using a clear uh, alcohol like gin or whatever, then use, a, even if it's a cheaper version, use real alcohol because you can tell the difference. But you you can kind of... What would fake you say, things a little bit. What would you say the difference between using like water and a very clear, like if you're doing a bone dry martini in a shoot and you want it to just be like the crispest was clear. It, well, the big thing is you got to shake that stuff. So if you're just taking warm spirit, if it's supposed to be a martini and you're throwing that into a glass, you have to shake real vermouth and gin or clear spirit together in order to get that nice frost you want some condensation on the on the lip of the glass, and if it's just and 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 what happens when light passes through some of that that cocktail glass, you you so, want it to have a viscosity. You want it to not just be clear and seeing the background behind it. Right. Uh, biggest thing about this stuff is like you want the drinks to look delicious, and if it just looks warm, nobody wants to drink a warm martini. <laughs> you know what? I think from my perspective on shooting things like martinis, it's always. It, it's hard to tell, like, who can tell the difference, like, how I, how sharp their eye is, you know, like, because with, if you just, you can have a totally frozen martini glass, sure. shake the shit out of some water, uh, just to get, like, a little bit of, like, disgusting in there. Obviously, you don't want it to be too cloudy or anything like that, but, you know, a lot of times whenever you add a little bit of, depending on the gin, if you, and even sometimes vodka, if you... Once you add a little bit of dilution to it, it kind of turns blue. It has like a slight lush sure. effect, so it breaks down the oil. So that is one thing that I always look at when I see a like a martini shot of book. I'm like, that that's just water. <laughs> and well, I, guess, I, I you know I, I have to defer to the professional. I you know I sugar think, is I, also I, a really I, good I thing. Like, sim- be, oh sure, sorry, sorry. Right. I think me being colorblind, uh, we've talked about this before, takes away from my I don't know concern over aesthetic. So I just always defer to, to the professional, whoever the professional is in the room. And Eric was the guy that did my book, so I didn't, I never said anything about any drink. Frankly, you took all the pictures, well, and I was like, "Yes, okay, good." It was a good collaboration. <laughs> well, sure. I don't know if our other guy's tougher. You did, uh, you did Brian Bartle's book, uh, the Bloody Mary book, which you brought us a copy of, which is awesome. Thank you. And it's gorgeous. Did he say like, "No, that Bloody Mary looks like shit"? Brian Bartle, do a different is like, Bloody Mary for that one. He might be the sweetest man in the industry. So. He, most of these things with uh, collaborating with bartenders is like we stick in our lanes a lot of times. And that's what makes really good collaborations. I do the visuals and you guys make the drinks. Then we collaborate on the final result of like where the garnish goes, what the backgrounds are, all that stuff. Uh, That's another thing I love about what you do. You and the people who do what you do. I'm I'm sure (laughs) it's got to be similar, but like you just take the fucking drink wherever you want it. You'd go sit it on the corner of the floor somewhere, and, th- and then when you took the picture, there'd be this cool background that I would have never thought of. Brian has a really good picture of me laying down on the floor of Joseph Leonard, shooting straight up at the tin ceiling, just as a background uh, uh, plate in the book. 
And it's like those little things, you know, when you go into places like Amor, and we shot also at Cienfuegos and some, and other places in the East Village, they have so we many... shot everywhere. In we shot. <laughs> Except for, you know, you know the one omission that I thought of later? We used their glassware, but we never shot a single photo inside Death & Co. No. Yeah. So we should have shot at least one in there. <laughs> we yeah. got their glassware. We used their glassware, yeah. We brought it back, I swear. Most of it. <laughs> well, something I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, speaking of like backgrounds, I, I, obviously we spend a lot of time when we're designing bars and restaurants uh, coming up with uh, different textures and patterns and, and, and trying to put together a whole cohesive uh, you know, imagery whenever you're in there. One of the things that's really iconic, and I was talking with your... Uh, your buddy Max, Max Green, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, is it his bar open or is it close to? We have very, so again, on Thursday when the book was done, Max and I were in the new space, it's called Blue Quarter, and we, we honestly, the conversation went like this, like, okay, it's, it's all clean, we've got all the product on the back bar. I said, theoretically, we could open tonight. And he's like, should I open tonight? <laughs> so we did. We opened Thursday, Friday, Saturday of last week without saying a word to anyone, no Instagram, no nothing. Uh, we did uh, some moderate sales, given that no one knew we were there. Um, and then we're opening in earnest uh, next week. This week, we're kind of doing a little softy. Cool. Next week, we'll do friends and family, press, and all that yeah. stuff. So, anyway, one of the things that he said that I thought was really cool is that he was showing me pictures of it, and I was like, I was like, man, that, the bar top is really cool. You it's got this beautiful. really cool, like, tiled, like, textured bar top. And he was like, yeah, man. He's like, after Mori Margo, he's like, I realized that you got to make your bar top stand out from other bar tops. And, you yeah. know, that's one of the things. Like, if you see a picture of a cocktail in a Moria Margo, you know exactly where it is. Sure. Even if it's somebody else shooting, like borrowing the bar to shoot in, you're like, oh, shit. Why Why did they shoot this in a Moria Margo? Yeah. Because it's clearly not anywhere else. Yeah. It makes you know? it makes a difference. And so, yeah, we were very conscious of that with the new space. Yeah. Um, and it'll also be a great space. We're gonna, we've already talked to Eric. We're going to get you over there to take some photos for us, and, like you do for yep. other places. For sure. And use that for our social media, because <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you got a better eye than we do. But we, we Max especially, spent a really good time making that place beautiful. you got to yeah. come check it out. But yeah, good, so sorry to kind of go off on that, but it's, you brought up the ceiling. And yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like when you're talking about this book, the Bloody Mary book, it's like another thing, obviously, that you have to deal with is, you know, uh, let's say like, Robert Simonson's book, the old-fashioned book. Man, you got one drink that looks the same no matter how you make it. <laughs> kind of, you know? right? So you got to get really creative with glassware and ice and, and all the other like surrounding uh, parts of it. And that's exactly what's up with this book, The Bloody Mary. Uh, it's a freaking Bloody Mary. Right. But the interesting thing there, about the Bloody Mary. There are a lot of different visual takes on this one right. and a lot right. of background, a lot of different garnishes. I mean, I, I can't remember if there's anyone like... And they're like garnished with like a whole like slider and a slice of pizza and a corn dog swizzle stick <laughs> that or whatever. Stuff but drives me mad. <laughs> but <laughs> for the most part, I think they avoided that. Yeah. Um, but there are like orange Bloody Marys. There's a green Bloody Mary. There's a clear one that you make a gazpacho um, or like a, a clear tomato broth from. And so the Bloody Mary being so versatile, um, it. We we didn't have as as hard uh, to make things look fresh each time as opposed to like a, an old fashioned for sure, which right. is like rocks glass, uh, ice, you know, brown liquid for the most part. Yeah. Um, 
So we got we got to play a little bit more, which was good. It's good. Yeah, you got a bro- yeah. at least you got some kind of color palette going yeah. on. Yeah, the, the hard like thing. I about- saw one in there that's beets. I'm assuming that one's pretty purple. Yeah, versus yeah. red, versus orange, versus yellow. Yeah, there's a corn based one, which is yellow, uh, carrot one. Mm, but the, the the tough thing a little bit about the Bloody Mary is that that liquid isn't as translucent, and so light doesn't pass through it as well as say uh, an old fashioned or a Negroni, where you have that like beautiful red or that beautiful brown and you can really like you could throw light through it the light has to wrap around the glass a little bit more um, in order to get that full red if you try to throw a lot of light through it you're going to get a lot of red but the background and everything else is going to go away (laughs) so so that's a that's a fun challenge to work out very cool how did did you get into i was gonna ask yeah i was gonna say like (laughs) yeah like before you got into books i mean like we've definitely i know that You've shot me, you've shot Souther, a bunch of other buddies, like before, like for different magazines and stuff like that. But it seems like, like such a specific kind of industry of photography for food and bev, like these days. And it's not something that was necessarily the the cool thing is like when you see like your photography or something like Daniel Krieger or the Shannon Sturgis, you know, there's like an artistic element to it that you didn't really see in cookbooks. And cocktail books from, say, previous to like right. fifteen years. Ago. Exactly, it used to be very pragmatic looking. Like here's right. here's the goal. Here's the, here's the recipe. This is your goal, right? <laughs> yeah. And now it's like here's the recipe. Here's your goal, but it's also it has life in beautifully it. Beautifully, yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, like, how did you get into that angle of photography? Um, well, I went to school for photography at SVA, um, and then during that time, I was also a terrible bartender for a <laughs> brief period of time. Um, we were all a terrible bartender for a brief period of time. <laughs> there, there was no hope for me. I wasn't going to get any better. Um, I, I remember spilling beers on people and uh, pouring uh, full martinis on the bar. I did and, both and of those last night at my bar. Nice. <laughs> both. Was I bartending? <laughs> nope. It, I was straight up me. Okay. <laughs> so there was, there was an interest in, in that world. Um, and I certainly come from like... Um, kind of an Epicurean background. My parents are, you know, they, they enjoy a, a, a well-cooked meal. They imbibe regularly. Um, and so I grew up um, with all that around, drinking, you know, a little glass of wine young. Um, but I went to school for photography and uh, thought I would be a portrait photographer because I worked with a lot of portrait photographers. Um, and I assisted for about nine years, uh, which was a great time. It's uh, a long time to assist. Wow. Before you can take it off on your own. But, yeah, right. But you get to, yeah, I mean, like, you get to learn a lot in that. I always think that way about, like, uh, like tattoo artists. It's like, sure. how, how long is, like, the what's the time frame before you kind of, like, <laughs> you're like, all right, now I'm, I'm set out in charge. Before you get to stick I, I had really amazing mentors. Um, and and just to name a few, like Ethan Hill, Brian Fink, Vince Musi, they, these were people that were incredibly encouraging. And that nine-year apprenticeship was probably as valuable or more valuable than SVA, the time spent at SVA. And they were, we've traveled all around. We like I was saying to you, Damon, we, we went to, uh, we got embedded with the U S marshals. Uh, we went to Walter Reed hospital a number of times during, uh, the latter part or during the, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan war with Vince Musi. We used to go and photograph, uh, exotic pets so skunks and deer and tigers and bears and it would be this crazy weird fun experience with uh under the tutelage of people that were just 
so good and so encouraging. Um, he, he was saying earlier before the show, he was telling me a little bit about uh, the running around with the U.S. Marshals. Like, this was what Brian he, think. He uh, he had to like he had to wear a bulletproof vest with a, a tag on it that said "Press." <laughs> Vegas <laughs> is no joke. It's yeah. Amazing. No joke. So um, I, I think that part of it was shoot uh, first, ask questions later. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it, it was like a, a combination of. Um, being prepared and incredible luck. Um, I thought I was going to do portrait photography. The title of my next book. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was with these people that were incredibly encouraging. And then uh, along comes Wiley Dufresne. Uh, and I'd been breaking out a little bit and getting some, some editorial work and some advertising work. And, uh, and then the, met him and at the 11th hour during um, November of 2014 uh, he had to make this book before WD50 closed and so they were on this wave and it was had an end date it was it was going to go away and so the they just kind of whisked me away into their 11 year history and it was like just capture this come along with us and that was a dream. I mean, that's that's rarely uh, an opportunity that comes up, um, particularly for we shot I think tw- twenty days altogether in November of that year. Wow, um, and it's grueling. Like, I don't, maybe the listener doesn't understand. To shoot for a day is to get there very fucking early and to be there pretty fucking late. Yeah, and to not stop early for lunch or anything. Yeah, and I, they were working two times harder than I was. They I were mean, actually they, in service as well. They right? were in service. They were cre- they were making recipes over the course of this archive of 11 years. Um, and then, All his recipes are pretty straightforward, though. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's not a whole lot to them. <laughs> um, and, and so we... It was very emotional for a lot of people. And this was a thing that, that really mattered to a lot of people. And they had given me that trust to document it and also the creative uh, liberty um, to to run around and make the kind of pictures that I wanted to make Um, and that's 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 a very rare and and it's great because a project like that you come out with uh, long-lasting Friendships sure. and relationships, and so well, you've gone through the shit together, right? Yeah, right. I mean, you you're in the trenches. Well with, you might as well have worked on the line with those dudes, <laughs> right? Your battery mates now. And at the end of it, like closing night, we were there until three a.m., four a.m. with the sous chefs and, and and young chefs down down in the basement cooking up egg sandwiches, photographing that. Um, yeah, easy stuff. Egg sandwich. <laughs> it was it, it was a dream. Um, and and, it, it's, and it's was so, that your big first kind of break into this I, arena? I, I think so. How did you get tapped by Wiley? Du- Actually, we should take a break and come back. But how did you get <laughs> tapped by Wiley Dufresne to be a part of W? A very iconic. This book is going to be iconic. Hold that thought. We'll come back after sure, the break. Sure. Also, we're going to while we're away on the break, we're going to crack into these martinis that you brought us. And I, I appreciate the buildup of telling us what a terrible bartender you are. Um, <laughs> and then you brought us bottled martinis. So we're going to crack open a martini. Time's come back change. with Eric Metzger right after the break. Stay with us.
My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. And we're back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. We have our buddy, Mr. Metzger, in here. Um, we're talking about some really fun stuff about how he got into the, uh, the food and beverage photography and uh, had some recent projects. We just you know, were talking about the Wiley Dufresne book, and I believe Souther had a question that started with, how the fuck? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I so I asked myself that question. So you know what I mean? It's not like you were just Lock asking by, prepared. Uh, you know, local restaurant does good and writes a book and, sure. and wrote and you got to be the photographer. You were asked by an a, you know, a culinary legend, an icon in, in, New, in your he, city. He was a Simpsons character on one episode. Exactly. Yeah. You 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 were tapped by a Simpsons Shit. character. <laughs> like that's that's big. Like he's 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 blended himself enough into the uh you know the the cultural view that he's transcended what he what he is and was at, at W50, sure. right? Which was a pretty avant-garde, forward-thinking, molecular mix, uh, molecular gastronomy-style restaurant to be enough of a household name to be a Simpsons character. Sure. Right? So how did he tap you as your first? Like, I, I would get it if you already had a couple in your... in your. There was a little bit of build-up. I mean, it wasn't just like I ate at the restaurant and he came over and was like, hey, you got a camera. You know, there, there, was, there was a slow... Build happening, nothing on the, on that level for sure. Um, but I think to Wiley's credit, Wiley has always taken uh, risks on people, and see, whoever has come into his kitchens has uh, worked incredibly hard and 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 gone on to do amazing things. So. Um, my story with Wiley was I was I was there on an editorial job, and uh, we I was there to do a portrait of him and photograph shrimp grits. He was in need of a photograph that didn't have to do with the editorial thing that I was working on, and he was like, "I need this thing shot," and I was like, "I can shoot it for you." And then time went by, and time went by, and um, this contract for this book had been up for him for a long time. And with the restaurant closing, uh, they had to get it done quickly at the at the end of it to celebrate the eleven years. Um, and you know, other other than that, uh, he just Peter and and he just called me after after uh, Peter Meehan. Peter Meehan, yeah. Um, and I think part of it was was we got on really well. We had really good rapport during the. Um, that editorial shoot. And I think that he also really appreciated um, somebody helping him out and not uh, in, in a time that he needed something done and didn't rake him over the coals. You know, sure. like it, we just had that kind of good rapport, handshake deal. I'll see you later. And then um, I came in and did a little bit of website stuff. And then whatever it was, like three or four months later, this opportunity kind of fell into my lap. And I, I it really was... Um, you know, having that history of being with some of those photographers and then the luck of the moment. Sure. Um, well, I think also it has something to do with just being, a, I, I think, you know, a lot of this has to do with hospitality and just being sure. a genuinely good person and being able to say yes and like, yeah, 
hell yeah, I'll help you out with this. Yeah. I mean, sure. And I, I'm certain that Wiley's the type of guy who could spot that. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, like, just like Peter Meehan, who co wrote the book with Wiley Frayne, he also did the Frankie's Cookbook. He's done That's all the good. stuff with yeah. David Chang, you know? And yeah, like, they Lucky just Peach. became buddies because they, like, Peach. talking shit to each other and, and, and just about everyone else. <laughs> and, like, and then, then they're buddies and right. they started right. to make all this other stuff happen. And yeah. what nicer people to, like, fall, like, for that to fall onto your lap? Right. I mean, yeah, totally. Uh, how does it grateful. feel? How does it feel to have to? Because as a photographer, surely your portfolio is what sells your your next job, right? Sure. So you did this book four years ago, and it just came out. <laughs> and like, uh, you're like October sitting there waiting year. the whole time, right? That was a hard thing. Um, uh, yeah, it lived on the archive. You know, it just uh, it would sit there, and then I would tinker with it. I'd go through and I'd edit it, and then I'd tinker with <laughs> it. Never so done. Finished. <laughs> yeah, you never exactly. finished. You just abandoned. <laughs> Um, and, um, while he was closing down WD and then he was opening up dues. And so, uh, it just kind of had this arc. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was amazing after that time to finally see it come to fruition. And also like it, it's a pretty visual book as well. There's, uh, and it's enjoying a lot of, a lot of success, right? People uh, yeah. are buying it and it, it was up for an IACP award yeah. that it, it didn't win, right? No, it did not win. Yeah, um, it's, it's nice to be nominated. Yeah, it's nice to be nominated. <laughs> <laughs> Always a bridesmaid. That's right. So I'm yeah, like, you had two in this last round, right? Yeah, with, with Bartles as well, uh, which was fun to celebrate with them. Yeah, of course. Very cool. Winners are losers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's amazing. I want to know about this. Since you obviously are like a freelance artist, so yes. like you have to, you have to go out there and like make all this stuff happen on your own. I mean, it helps when you start get into like some of these books and you kind of start snowballing into different jobs. I mean, like I know that recently you just moved to uh, a new studio, correct? Yes, um, yeah, that's kind of the new uh, heavy lifting, um, and it feels like the culmination of ten years of hard work. Um, uh, so I was operating. Um, out of out of uh, the apartment for a, a long time, and then all of a sudden it felt like I need to expand. I need to I need to figure out how to to um, get a space and 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 push a little bit more growth. And so we uh, we got a studio in uh, Gowanus uh, on Sixth and Third, um, and it feels great. We're it just. I just uh, moved into the space earlier uh, last month, and it's about 750 square feet. I'm getting surfaces and all that stuff, glassware. We've been shooting in there uh, about four times last month and cool. building it building it up. Yeah, man. It's always a, it's Sometimes always you need to make that leap. You know, like yeah. you're sitting at your apartment doing it on your computer, and you're like, if I'd had more space, I'd have yeah. more work. If yeah. I had and more work, I'd have more space. The big thing yeah. uh, with being freelance you can't be risk averse. Right. Oh, well, <laughs> I, guess we're I mean, it's, it's like, you're already <laughs> taking the risk to be freelance. <laughs> exactly. May as well risk it, you know, go. Yeah. Yeah. It's and just, it's, it's mm. all I've ever known. 12, 12 years, 10, 10, 12 years of freelance. I've never had a job. The last real job I had was being a shitty bartender, <laughs> which by the way, these are, this is a fine this martini. Actually, yeah. oh, thank that. you. 50, yeah. 50 with dilution right there in the, in the flask. <laughs> I learned from you. 50, 50 in the glass. Yeah. Mm. Well, okay. So, and also, I can, tell, with that lemon twist. I can tell that there's booze in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the light's hitting it the right way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. but going back to that, it's like, you know, taking that leap of faith and, like, really, like, jumping into it. It's hard, man, for, like, a lot of people. We were actually talking about this before the show. Like, 
you know, how the, the arc of the brand ambassador thing has changed and how, you know, a lot of times there's, there's that, but then there's also like all these different, like kind of like fringy parts of being in the bar or like food industry that you can kind of like turn into career, you know? And like, I've known like a, some other people who used to be bartenders and chefs and they just like uh, photograph their own food. And then all of a sudden they started getting paid well, to I think do that. that. I think that happens more and more now, especially yeah. with, with Instagram. And I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Sure. Do you feel yeah. like there's some kind of a, are you in competition with Instagrammers? As a as a professional photographer of food and drink, when every single person takes a picture of everything they eat, these guys at the table right now are probably gonna take a picture of this pizza that just came. Um, yes and no. I I mean, I'm actually gonna it, take it, a picture it, of their pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I know it does look pretty good. It's it's not binary necessarily. Well, sure, nothing like, is. But like, right. do you feel any kind of? I don't know if thread is the right word, but do you feel like, well, there's this jackass out there who's got a million followers, and I don't, and I'm a professional. Sure, sure. Um, audience certainly matters. Um, Building an audience certainly matters, uh, but just having a uh, camera matters less. Uh, you guys work in hospitality, and, and a lot of that is bedside manner, right? Like, tableside manner, and a big thing about being... Uh, uh, I yeah. think a lot of it... I, I think I know what you're about to say, but like I think a lot of it is, outside of like bedside manner, it's like there's a lot of stuff that in hospitality that guests don't see. You know, sure. all, there's a ton of like tiny, there's lots like, little, of behind the curtain. Yeah, there's a lot oh, yeah. of that. There's a lot of stuff right that's happening right in front of your face, and you would never <laughs> even know. Like, right, smoke and mirrors. Yeah, it's not really that. It's like the way yeah, like yeah. someone comes over, like whenever you've gone to the bathroom, and a waiter comes by and they right. refold your napkin for you and put there very nicely. And then you come back and you're just like, a lot of people might not even notice that. You know, yeah, yeah but they then, just think I threw it down and it landed that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm magical. Yeah, yeah right. Um, yeah, but, it is. But then all on the other side, details. yours is like or like you know just, visual, the simple stuff that you're talking about, like the marking and things like that. You know, like you may not be aware that your server is putting down things on the table because of the thing that's coming next. You know, right. I just had a pretty fancy dinner as a celebration. I went to La Cuckoo and I noticed that uh, we didn't order any fish, but then we were marked with a fish knife, and I was like, "They're bringing us something, <laughs> right?" And and Natalie was like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "This is a fish knife. We didn't order any fish." <laughs> And then boom, here comes a fish course. Right. And like, the chef sent this out to you because, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly yeah. to her, I think, because she's famous, not me. <laughs> <laughs> and but it is all those little things. Um, and if you can, uh, and it's, it's working relationships as well, right? It's like relying on that network and going the extra, the mm -hmm. extra, um, the extra distance for those clients that you have. And that goes a long way. And yes, Instagram is super important. I mean, I put stuff up and, and I'm very, I try to be engaged with it, but I also don't, um, uh, I'm, I care more, a lot more about my day to day working with the clients that I have and, and, and building on that rather than building a huge amount of followers in the expanse of Just uh, being a hype machine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. That's, well, that's just classic respectability, you know, like <laughs> yeah. responsibility. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what my deal is with the social media. I'm not a good photographer. That's a for sure. <laughs> like, honest, that's for sure. Uh, you know, maybe if I had that iPhone 10, iPhone people. Um, doesn't your brother work for for them? Get him, get me one. I'm like, dude. Can I you? Thought, I, I thought one. they were under our seats. I thought this was like going on the O show. That's right. Yeah. You're right. You don't even have one. I haven't had a laptop in years, Dylan. Uh, yeah, hilarious. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know how it is I, I engage and somehow do it so well. Like, I have a lot of followers. When yeah. I look around at other people, I'm like, wow, how do I, why am I so, what, what, what do people care what, I, what I'm well, doing? Well, I think part of that Especially is the photos. Uh, your like, personality, Twitter, right? Twitter, I get. Like, it's words. Sure. But the photos on, on Instagram, my photos are not good. <laughs> like, that's why I'm hiring you to do something soon. <laughs> totally. Like, totally. And that's part of Instagram as well, is like, not necessarily being the best photographer. Like but also, ha- but having something to say, uh, just being able to um, have interesting content that maybe isn't uh, just aesthetic content. Yeah. Most of what I do is m- mostly driven by aesthetics. I think most of what you do is is narrative based. Exactly. Yeah. If people want to hear what I have to say about any particular Amaro or bitters right. or whatever, and they just want to hear you fly off the handle. <laughs> they do want to hear that. I think, I think a lot of people come to the bar and press my buttons on purpose because yep, sure. they know that I'll I go at them. I certainly do. Yeah. <laughs> they know that I'll, they'll wind me up enough and I'll go at them. Right. Uh, um, I, I want to ask a question about that. Uh, based on the when you're working on a project, say like a uh, like a, a magazine article or a book uh, versus doing like branded work. Because there's a clear difference between like what sure. the with like a, a spirit company oh. might want from you for uh, any kind of social media or like their website. What's how do you approach that like in the different ways? I mean, obviously you've got like you're working with say like Souther on a book, and you know he's a very impassioned person about what he's trying to convey with his book. But then like, whenever you go with a brand, it's like. A lot of brands will, and I'm not saying this is every brand, but like a lot of them are just looking to sell more product, right? Sure. So there's a spectrum, and that spectrum goes from personal project, and then you, that spectrum goes all the way over to advertising, corporate execution of of like uh, their project, and they're very different because. You're, when you're on the, the one side, it's creative, but it's technical. And you're executing, when you're on the corporate side or the product side, you're executing somebody else's vision. I was a graphic designer for years. That's what I went to school for. And yeah. I, I got out of it because I didn't like that end of the spectrum. And, and I look at that as being technical challenges. Sure. Um, I, I, and I that's fun because you can't always live in the world of, of personal projects. I mean, you could, and but, yeah, but it takes a lot longer to, to get. Yeah, <laughs> but and so the books and editorial stuff, um, which are fewer and far between than than the advertising work and and even the personal work because there's limited time in each day. But the editorial is kind of that that meeting in between because you're hired for your perspective and your aesthetic. And you get to be creative in, in, and it almost feels like personal work. So, like the Bloody Mary book, the the, the Wiley Dufresne, you, our book together, uh, um, uh, it's it feels like personal work. Um, so you become more invested in exactly. It's like it takes exactly. that into the space. Yeah, totally. I get that absolutely. Um, but I also get the other side too, which is like, I used to cook at a Waffle House. My first cooking job. And man, you really learn that everybody wants their eggs very particular. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right? So you're having to deal with everybody wanting their thing very particular. Totally. And that's a good... Except for guys like me who are just like, yeah, as long as it's good, it's good. Right. Just you know better than me. I'm, the t- I'm that type of guy who always says, like, leave it to the expert. Like, sure. if I go to the tire shop, the tire guy tells me what tires I need. I don't right. fucking know that shit. He does. Right? Like, leave Big it to ass the- tires. <laughs> Big ass fat tires is what I need. <laughs> the cool thing about... But you know what I mean? Like, there's... the. the 
I tell them what it is I'm going to do. Sure. And they tell me what it is that I need. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I'm going to go touring. I'm going to ride a lot. Okay, you need this tire. I'm just right. going to be bumping around the city. Okay, you need this tire. Like, I just tell them what I right. need. And I let them do it, which is what we did with you, For right? Sure. Like, Jeff chose you. I don't know where or how he chose you, my editor, Jeff. Uh, and and by the way, I pitched him some names, and yours wasn't one because I didn't know you. <laughs> right. And he's like, "Where are we going with this guy?" And I was like, "Okay, like <clears throat> I don't know photography. He knows photography. You know photography. He knows right. editorial. You know, like that's not my part of it." Right. But I imagine that I'm maybe one of the looser guys. And it's also a testament that of you have like to deal with. <laughs> it's knowing where to control and where to let go. Right. It's like um, in in your bar at a more you can control everything that happens in that space, right? Like you can, uh, you know, the portions, you know how to run the house, all that stuff. And this was an area that Jeff know, kn knows more about and there's a trust. And so it's like, give up that control uh, to somebody that you trust. And so, I mean, he's made all these beautiful John Wayne books. <laughs> Who Did you know that? He, most of their books are about John Wayne. Really? It's weird. <laughs> Don't they have a cannabis magazine too? They have a, yeah, they have a magazine about weed. Oh, that, well, that makes sense. But they also they make their money on John Wayne books. Well, there's a lot of people who are there's a lot of people who really like John Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and those people actually buy books. They do They're exactly like an age demographic that uh, doesn't mm -hmm. like bingo download them. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. They Physical get phone comments. calls. They get they get actual landline phone calls all the time of people saying. Where can I get? Because they also do John Wayne magazines all the time. So they're like, where can I get a description of the magazine? There's like, you got to go online. They're like, I don't have a computer. He's like, well, do you? He'll literally, Jeff, the editor, will literally go on the phone with people who will somehow get his number, and be like, Do you have a friend who has a computer? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> now I let me just, see let this me just write down your information. <laughs> I'll send you a magazine. <laughs> Amazing. I miss those days, actually. To be honest with you. Yeah. I do too. That's why I'm such a luddite. Well, that's why books are good, right? Mm -hmm. That you get that physical thing at the end of the day. I think we're we're lucky. We're going to be lucky, yeah. you and I, with this book because it's already getting a lot of traction and pre-order. I'm right. not blowing my own horn here, but um, it's already. I told you this. <laughs> there you go. Dave's blowing my horn. Um, did I tell you? Whoa, did, family show. Hey, easy. Did I <laughs> did, did I tell you, Damon, that that my book is currently the number one uh, uh, pre-selling book yeah. they've ever done over there at Topics Media Lab? Yeah. Sweet. Uh, Congrats. Yeah, uh, at last count, it was seventy. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not a big number. He's like, that's huge. This is a, your book isn't out for four more months. There's a book that comes out next week that's only sold eleven. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a big number, I guess. Um. So I think we're going to enjoy some success because this is the type of book that people still buy. You want um, it's a, it's got pl plenty of information. It's definitely I think my book is uh, after the final copy and we looked at it all. I think it's going to be considered a reference book. So it's a book you're going to pull down when you want some information. It's also got some recipes in it. You're going to want to lay it open like a manual and have it on hand while you're making that thing. I think that a lot of books that are just copy and and you know uh, information, uh, you can have that on your Kindle. You don't really care. Sure. You know what I mean. So I think we're going to do pretty well. Yeah, I'm excited. Also, at the same time, I don't think we're going to get any awards. But I think we're going to sell some books. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> it's always uh, it's always up in the air. We'll have, good, uh, we'll have a good launch party. Yeah, really? you'll, have, you'll have some parties. <laughs> I've been approached by a few people about like, where to do it and what to do. It's going to be fun. Batch a couple more of these. Yeah, man. Yeah. At seventy, you need <laughs> for the people who come to the party. Uh, yeah, I've already been approached by um, Hannah Lee. Mm -hmm. Wants to host a, a launch party at Porchlight. Oh, sweet. 
And then we would do a signing party on another date at Boilermaker with Greg Bohm. Cool. And he's going to sell it at Cocktail Kingdom. It's going to be rad. Great. Yeah, fantastic. Jim, you sneaking out? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, that's cool, man. Uh, and what the the date again is August twenty eighth. August twenty eighth. Yeah. All right. Pre order now on Amazon.com. That's great. And watch my social media for a bonus round incentive piece. And if we don't miss any shows, that's gonna coincide with, with our three hundredth episode. Well yeah, your three hundredth episode. <laughs> Certainly I'm on the show, but you've done all three hundred. Well, not all, but very close. Yeah. Amazing. It's all coming together. It's going to be a fun summer, guys. It's going to be just like this crazy weekend of Cinco de Derby birthday yeah. anniversary. <laughs> Ugh. Cool, man. It is going to be a fun summer. Hopefully, we're going to carry around some coolers like this full of ice and lemons and bottled uh, martinis, which are delightful. Martini lunch. Uh, I'll post a photo of them on our new Instagram, which is Speakeasy Podcast Instagram. Um, check it out there. Um, also, I, I had this idea uh, the other day. I was talking to somebody, and... Maybe we can come up with it together, but I don't know it. Maybe it exists already. Maybe someone could tweet at us or figure it out. Um, there's plenty of words. It was while I was having this fancy dinner. There's plenty of words for people who like to eat a lot that are positive words. You're a gourmand. You're an epicure. You're a, mm-hmm. all these things. There isn't a positive word for someone who likes to drink a lot. You're a drunk. You're an alcoholic. <laughs> you're a member. Life the, of the party. But is that, is, that, is that a positive word? I don't know. Somebody throw us bon a positive vivant. I think that's more of a lifestyle. That's food know, and drink. Right? Uh, libertine. Uh, we said a libertine. All right. Uh, hey, coming in with a dark horse. <laughs> um, coming up. Uh, so episode, episodes that are coming up. Uh, we got Ann Peck Davis is coming on. She just wrote a new book. Um, we got Angus Winchester. Really looking forward to having him on the show. He's going to talk about Bar Convent Brooklyn. Yeah, coming right? up. The, the Bar Convent Berlin that's moving over here to Brooklyn. Uh, and I'm taking that day... Um, the th- that'll be the 13th of June is when it starts or whatever. I'm taking that day to do a... I'm going to be bartending at Clover Club with, uh, with Italicus and Giuseppe Gallo. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we got uh, Lauren Myerskoff coming up from New Orleans. She's with Cocktail and Sons. She's the head honcho over there making all these cool syrups that you can purchase. Uh, Julie Reiner's agreed to be on the show. Will Elliott's coming up. We've got a great summer planned out of quality content here at the Speakeasy Radio. Sure do. So tune in and listen to Lots us. Lots of good stuff. We've got Camp Run Amuck coming up at the end of the month. Sure. Are you, are you going? There. Yeah, I'll be down there. Good Lord, man. Have you been before? Uh, no. Is, you, is, <laughs> is that serious? No? Yeah. This is going to be your first time? Yep. Uh, you're, what do they call you? A squirrel. You're a little squirrel camper. I'm going to rent a hotel room down the street. <laughs> there is no down the street. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's in the middle of nowhere. Maybe I'll bring that slow and low van. Listen, I, I'm going to tell you, I did it in, in, I think it was year two. I obviously wasn't in year one, but I think it was year two that I did it. And I, uh, I still am buddies with my cabin mates. And it was, I don't want to say life-altering, but it was a, a huge thing. I loved it. Cool. I, I, I love camping. I don't think I would do it again um, because it was a lot yeah. Um, but I would never, ha- I'd never undo it. It was great. You're gonna have a blast. Cool. Yeah. Camp, camp run In Bar Convent and Tiki by the Sea. There's a lot going on That's over the next month. Happening. Yeah, man. You gonna get any work done? <laughs> nah, bro. Nah, bro. <laughs> um, well, thanks so much for Eric Metzger sitting in with us and talking to us. Um, and then you're gonna pull out your camera and take a few snaps of us so we can have a decent portrait photo for for the Speakeasy yes, logo. Sir. Appreciate that, too. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, it's been a blast. Uh, Jim sat in here quietly the whole time, but Jim's here from uh, Hope and Olive up in Massachusetts. A great restaurant up there. you gotta got to go to, right? Yes, thank you. Such a pleasure to be here with you all. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Long-time listener. He just happens to be in town. Thought he'd come sit in on the radio. That's pretty fun. 
Yeah. Uh, I encourage any of you to reach out to us and do the same. We've always got some chairs here in the studio. Uh, that's all I've got. Take us out. That's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check out Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Did I say programs? Pro glamorous. <laughs> that's right. Programs <laughs> like this. This martini got to me, bro. <laughs> all right. That's it. Cheers, guys. Thanks, everybody. Salud. So you don't charm the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.